really got to try on that left-hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over, and Marty had over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit of meat this game. It didn't seem to work out. Hello, cheers, and welcome, welcome to the Scrum of the Earth podcast, the weekly show that brings you news, reviews, great interviews, and so much more, all about the world of rugby union. As always, I am your host, David Lawrence. I'm an American rugby fan who follows the game wherever I can find it all over the globe. If you would like to get in touch, well, I would love to hear from you. I'm on Twitter at of Scrum. I'm on Instagram at the Scrum of the Earth podcast, and you can always just drop me an email at the Scrum of the Earth at gmail.com. Well, I have to assume that if you are a regular listener, you will be well aware that this is not the ordinary weekly pod. This is, in fact, yet another lovely bonus episode. This time, I am beyond pleased to say that we're joined here by Melanie Squire and Megan Wilson, the incredible co-founders of Iroquois Roots Rugby, an organization I'm proud to say I've been supporting for quite some time. To borrow directly from their official website, the mission of IRR is to deliver an Indigenous-led program that promotes the sport of rugby to First Nations youth in Ontario in accordance with the Truth and Reconciliation's call to action to reduce barriers to sport participation, promote physical activity as a fundamental element of health and well-being, increase the pursuit of excellence in sport, and build capacity in the Canadian sports system to be inclusive of Indigenous people. Further, the stated mission of the organization is to engage Indigenous youth in the sport of rugby while preserving Indigenous culture and recognizing the unique environments of First Nations communities in Ontario. Ms. Squire and Ms. Wilson, thank you so much for joining us here on the Scrum of the Earth. Welcome, and how are you both? Thanks for having us. Um, I don't know if you can tell, but um, we I lost my voice a little bit because we just came home from a tournament on Sunday. So yeah, yeah. I left my voice there. I'm struggling, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't feel bad. I just sound bad. Well, it sounds okay from where I am. It's great to have you here. And, and Megan, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. I uh, played in a tournament this weekend. So I'm on day two of my dom, sore, but um, other than that, doing well and very happy to be here. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, so it's a tradition on the show that I always ask, is it all right for me to go by Megan and Melanie? Is it okay to just go by your first names here? Absolutely. You can yes. even shorten it down to Mel if you want. That's cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mel and I Meg. I don't know if I'm ready for that step just yet. <laughs> well, well, thank you both are. again. I've really been looking forward to this. I'm really glad you're able to join us today. Um, so before we get into the details and all the great things you're currently doing with the organization, I would really love to hear about your own rugby journeys. Um, Melanie, if I could start with you, or Mel, if I could start with you, what is your own rugby background? I assume you were a player before you were a coach and before you co-founded an organization like this. Was, was it playing that sort of led to your love of rugby? I've never played a game of rugby in my life. Oh. Ever. <laughs> so, no. uh, so, so how did you discover it? Through my kids. Uh, so my older son and Megan both started uh, in the ninth grade in high school. Wow. And yeah. I mean, before that, like I had friends in high school that played rugby um, but we didn't have it at our school. We okay. didn't have it at our school, actually. It just wasn't big, um, and I wasn't really into it. Um, and I come from a huge lacrosse family. Oh. Um, so it would have made more sense for my kids to play lacrosse. Uh, my husband's a professional lacrosse goalie. Really? Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, but they didn't want to play lacrosse. So <laughs> they both chose to play um High, uh, high school rugby and that's how it started for me watching that well I, I think Megan and I both must appreciate how what a good job you're doing of keeping the disappointment out of your voice <laughs> as you say that <laughs> <laughs> Megan I, I, I kind of feel like we've already uh, you know discovered the lead on that one uh, the, so I'm guessing it was ninth grade and, and when you started playing rugby is that all right so what made you think, yeah. okay, this is, this is for me, not lacrosse. Was it just regular teenage rebellion or was it that you saw something in rugby that was, appealed to you? Um, no, I actually saw so my older brother. He's two years older than me and he played every sport you could possibly imagine. He was good at every possible sport. 
Um, he did play lacrosse for like one year, I think. And when they were outside messing around playing lacrosse, they were good at it. And it was not something that I could ever pick up still to this day. I, I can't figure it out. Um, so I got to watch my brother play, like my mom said in grade nine. Uh, so he had two years of rugby under his belt. Um, so I was watching and I went to the same high school as he did. So when I went to the ninth grade, I tried it out as well and just fell in love with the sport immediately the second I started playing it and just kind of took it from there and ran. Was it the, you know, a lot of people who got into it at that age, tell me the same thing that that, that, that first time you get serious contact, either like the first ta big tackle you make and also the first time you get tackled hard, that's something you either immediately love or immediately say, okay, I'm done. This is not for me. Were you one of those people who was like, ooh, this is a new thing? I'm not even sure if it was the contact that I liked. Um, like I said, I didn't, I've tried every sport, but just didn't find one that fit. I think the culture of the sport, especially mm. with the school that I went to, was really big at the school that I went to. I went to Brantford Collegiate and the sport is just embedded into that school it's a big part of their history um and I think just the culture of the sport is kind of what um I was drawn to uh the contact was just an added bonus I definitely grew to love the contact um and yeah it's not my least favorite part of the game I can say that <laughs> <laughs> well Mel as a parent involved with this I do have to ask my so my own son is six and uh so far his involvement with rugby is that he uses my world cup uh replica ball as his footrest while we're eating that's that's basically it uh <laughs> but it's always a tough question. Like, is this something uh, that I want my kid to get involved with or not? Like the culture, it, it feels so strong and such a good thing for you sort of at a personal level that I'm deeply tempted. On the other hand, there's a lot of contact. It's, it's dangerous. Was that something you worried about or were you just like, ah, she can do what she wants? Obviously that was, it's, it, I think whenever you say the word rugby, anything that comes to mind for anybody is, the 15s game and men, giant mm. men. That's all that you really think about when you hear the word. So um, I knew she could handle it, definitely. Um, but yeah, there's always there's always that in the back of your mind, like this could be dangerous. And I feel like the only time that it's dangerous is that if the other team isn't quite as well coached or mm. prepared as the team that she's playing on because I think that's when all the injuries happen oh. so if, they're, they're, if they've been well prepared I think I think if you've seen and I have seen like live games national teams playing and I think at that level the tackles are so clean mm. that neither of the people are getting hurt and it's just they're down and then they're back up again. Mm. Um, so I think if you're if you're trained properly, it's it's an amazing sport and um, with little injury. Well, I have of course linked your website and Twitter profiles, my own show notes here, and uh, one can always follow those links and click on the Our Story link on your website. But you know, really, it only tells a tiny part of the story. Um, Mel, it, it must have been a while since anyone updated the site because you aren't actually listed there. Uh, can you tell us about, about how you sort of both began this initiative right at the beginning? It, it, it seems like it's a huge idea that's really reaping rewards now, but how did you two decide that this is something that we can accomplish? This is something we want to start for real. Um, I, it, it came at the end of me resigning from a position that I I was I had um, where I was commuting a lot and I was having to travel a lot, mm. um, so I just kind of got completely wiped out from all of that and randomly on a Friday just resigned from my job. Wow! Didn't, didn't know it was gonna happen. <laughs> then it happened. Kind of came home and said okay, what's next? What, what do I actually want to be doing? Something that's fulfilling for me personally. Um, and I think Megan at the time was, was it before you entered university or after you were done with your rookie year? It was after. Um, 
So we were just kind of sitting around, honestly, in, in my little office here at the house, kind of thinking, I knew she always wanted to give back to Indigenous youth. Um, she had played on a team in British Columbia um, that was for Indigenous youth in that province. And we had been helping out with that for a couple of years. Um, she, had, she had even went back to coach that team. Um, so we were just kind of sitting here and before we made our next trip out there, we thought, why aren't we doing this here? Well, for our kids in our community, like we live in the biggest first nations community in Canada Wow! and yeah. And most populous in Canada. So we thought, why aren't we doing that here? If we want to give back, why aren't we doing it in our backyard? So that minute we decided literally in minutes what the name was going to be we we threw around a few crazy names and then settled on Iroquois roots um and hit the ground running that was that was at the end of 2017 so by 2018 um when spring rolled around we started and we started we started here in our own community with a, a pilot uh four-week camp for were the little ones the minis and we from there um reached out to other first nations communities and asked if we could come and do a rugby camp and they were like why <laughs> but <laughs> sure um and just just from there um in 2020 we had two u18 sides ready to play at in an international tournament in wow. florida um which was halted by covid um so i've heard of that that's how it all that's how it all started <laughs> random by the way I, I couldn't help notice have i in fact been pronouncing the name wrong my entire life is it the american english version that says iroquois i heard you say iroquois which would be probably the more accurate french i guess way of pronouncing <laughs> have i been saying it wrong this whole yeah, time yeah and i mean yeah <laughs> and it, that's not even our own word for we call ourselves the Haudenosaunee people that means um the people of the longhouse oh okay but obviously mo most people recognize by the name Iroquois um and I kind of grew up with that use of use of the name Iroquois like even though my grandparents were fluent Mohawk speakers oh. they still use the word Iroquois it was just and I know everybody's making the switch now over to Haudenosaunee. Even our national lacrosse team have just begun making that switch as well. Oh wow! Um, so I don't know. If, I don't know if we will in the future, or or if we're comfortable where we are. But yeah, Iroquois. <laughs> even as the sentence was coming out of my mouth, and I realized I was about to say the French pronunciation, I was like, "Wait a minute! <laughs> Obviously, this is totally wrong." Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so, so Megan, did you feel like you had a big part in that decision when, you know, when you were sitting there in the office and she said, guess what? I've resigned from my job. Maybe we should do something else where you're like, yes, it's our chance. Or were you like, this is crazy. What are you doing? I honestly didn't even second guess it. Um, hmm. Rugby has been such a big part of my own identity. And through that, my mom has made it a part of her identity as well. She was always the mom that drove us to every tournament, every game. She was on every sideline. Um, she's flown miles and miles and miles to see me play. Um, so I know that it was really important for me to give back, but I know that um, that part of the sport as well was really important to her. And, and I was kind of stepping back from the sport as well. I wasn't playing as high level competitive rugby as I was my entire life, basically. Um, and so having something that she could kind of hang on to and watch and continue that role as, you know, that rugby mom that everybody goes to, everybody loves to see on the sideline um, and continuing that for her. I think uh, I didn't even like, yeah, let's do this. Let's, we got this. This will be fun. This will be great. And here we are. So, okay, there you are. The idea has formed. You decided, okay, yes, this is happening. We're doing it. What was it like trying to sort of get it off the ground? Those first initial steps where you said you're calling around to other people and saying, can we put on a clinic or can we put on a, a camp? 
uh, it couldn't have been easy. There, even if it wasn't active resistance, it must have just simply been difficult since there wasn't anything like this before that. Yeah, I think it was tough. Um, we also didn't really know kind of what we were looking to do. We just put out a camp and we said, we'll just do it. And whoever comes, comes and we'll make that work. Um, so like my mom said, we started with a lot of younger kids, which we were expecting teenagers and um, like 13, 14 ish. So a lot of younger kids showed up and we were like, okay, we've just got to do this now. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And it was a four week pilot program. Um, and then from there, we, we realized that we kind of had to shift and have an actual demographic. Um, so that was our own, our own little struggle. We had some struggle with the community as well. Um, lacrosse is king where we're from. Everybody plays lacrosse. Even the little, little ones play lacrosse. Um, so finding a place to do our camps was tough. Interesting. Uh, working around the lacrosse schedules, working around all of the lacrosse teams. That was really hard, <laughs> um, especially introducing a new sport to the community. The community wasn't super open to it. Hmm. Um, like we said, rugby, you hear rugby, you think big contact, everyone's getting hurt, we're ruining the fields, we're a bunch of hooligans. <laughs> um, and that's exactly the opposite of what we are. Um, so that was that was pretty challenging as well. So how long do you think it took before you felt a shift in that attitude and you know the reactions you were getting from the people in your community and just the people you were trying to help by by you know offering these camps there must have been a moment when you when you realized the tide had turned and instead of being like what are you doing let's get back to lacrosse maybe it became a maybe embraced at some point by the by the community um yeah it, it was a solid full year do you want to speak to that um honestly i think that shift is happening right now to be honest is what i'm seeing um from our social media posts from the parents we just um this is the first time we had a u14 girls team at all and they the very first time they played was at the tournament on saturday um so we had parents there from our community watching their children obviously and now they're posting um, little videos and little pictures of what's going on and then you see the comments coming down from other people in our community like oh wow that's so cool or now I'm now I'm getting messages like when did rugby start <laughs> um and we still registered um started a while ago but yeah um so I feel like I'm seeing that sh actual shift right now wow um we started we started without an actual playing ground. We were on like a community center lawn mm. um, when we started out. We were having like four uh, and that was, it was a little discouraging back at that time when we were finally able to get to book um, time on our sports field here that are their lacrosse field, but they finally gave us a Sunday to use. So, I, and that was another shift because then it was right in our community. Like no one really had the excuse that they had to drive or find the field or whatever. It was right there. Yeah. So there was a little shift there. And now there's, I'm seeing a bigger shift now since, since our team played on Saturday. So once things sort of actually started to get going and sort of start rolling, I mean, uh, we just before we started, I, I mentioned that I recall the great interview you had in the Blood and Mud podcast. And that conversation really gave me a sense of just how hard it was, how hard you were working, especially in terms of just sort of mileage. You've already talked about, you know, getting to BC and stuff like that. And it, so that had started to change, but I got the impression there's still just so much driving, getting to communities that aren't exactly right around the corner. Um, were you more, you know, proud of what you're doing or exhausted by the actual process of doing these things? It's hard not to be proud. Um, I think every time someone asks me, like, how did this happen? Like, how are you guys doing this? Um, every year we grow in numbers and it seems to just 
while my mom puts in so much work and I'm there every Sunday coaching, um, it seems to just happen in the blink of an eye. Like you Hmm. wake up one day and our program's just bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, So it's so hard not to be proud of that. Um, While sometimes it is exhausting in the moment, you look back and you just think, holy moly, I can't believe that this is happening. Um, Yeah, like my mom said, we look back and the first year we had three girls on on a lawn and now we have three full teams competing at tournaments. Um, So how how do you not just be so proud of that? Well, Megan, in those early days, there must have been, like you're sort of hinting at, little markers, little moments of satisfaction where, you know, you connected with an individual or, you know, maybe you ended up doing something that you didn't know you were capable of or saw somebody else do something that they didn't know they were capable of. Um, Can you think back and give us one of those moments of sort of unexpected success that sort of gives you the hint that, yes, I'm doing the right thing here? Yeah, I have one specific individual. She was one of the three girls that was playing on the lawn. Um, I don't know how she heard of our program. We were at like a an event in the community and she just happened to be there and she played for her high school. Um, zero connection to us whatsoever. And we said, yeah, we're going to practice this weekend. Please come. Um, she was one of the three girls. She stuck it out through that whole year of playing with two other people. Wow. She came back and we had a team for her to play on for our junior squad. Uh, she continued to train. She now plays um, alongside me for the women's program. Wow. And helps me coach on Sundays. Yeah. So thinking of someone like that, she graduated completely through our program and is still representing. And um, that's definitely something that I, I hold very near and dear to my heart. Um, yeah, she came to us as like a 14, 15 year old girl. And now I'm wow. playing alongside her, which is great. That is so cool. Uh, Melly, <laughs> you must have had something similar, maybe, you know, obviously not in any playing sense, but there, you must have seen these moments where you see a, a, a spark light in somebody inside somebody, or you see somebody get that look like, wow, I didn't know I could do this. And here I am doing it. Uh, do you, do you have a, a moment you can recall from those early days? I think it was our first ever tournament that we went to. It could have been our second with our U18 boys side that we had back then. Um, we, it must have been our very first tournament for them because we had a guy score our first ever try in history. Wow. Our whole program. So I'll, I'll always remember that, like the feeling, like he was so proud. We're still so proud. He now plays for our men's team and, scored I think 10 tries on Saturday um he's he's just an all-around athlete to begin with anyway but um he sounds like a keeper I'll I'll never forget that yeah I'll never forget that moment when he scored our first ever try um um yeah just on this week just this weekend I think um just because we started out so humbly and I've never had three teams to look after before just um looking around at, at our tent today or on Saturday. Um, your, your time spent, your, your time spent slicing oranges must've increased dramatically. That was on Sunday when we had minis, I was slicing <laughs> oranges after coming home from that tournament with no voice. Um, but no, just looking around at, I had 33 athletes there at my tent waiting to get their kit, <laughs> waiting for this and that. I had ordered some tanks for warm-ups for them and they didn't arrive in time. So uh, the night before I was pressing uh, our, our, our own tanks um, to give to them. So there was just, there's just a lot of moments. Well, I just got the, the Zoom notification that I've got 10 more minutes here. Um, oh, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm very tempted to sort of hang up and start over, but it, I don't want to steal too much of your time. I've already sort of, I very much appreciate how you've carved out the time in the first place. So I think I'm going to go ahead and just try to get to my bigger points. Um, you, you've already mentioned uh, this past weekend with this incredible event. I've been looking at the photos online. Um, it, it was the the Great Northern Sevens. Is that what this uh, the event was called overall? And it was men and women. It was different age groups. Can you talk a little bit about how that went and what it was about? 
Sure, yeah. Um, so we've entered this tournament twice. This was our first ever tournament um, three, three years ago. Um, so we entered two U18 programs. Um, the first time we entered this tournament, our U18 boys had mismatched jerseys that were donated to us. My mom again pressed them the night before with vinyl to say our name, to have some numbers on the back. Um, our U18 <laughs> girls had jerseys, but um, we look back to those, those very humble beginnings and it was the same tournament then. Um, a lot of competitive clubs go, a lot of competitive teams go. It's, it's, a, it's a good tournament. We're really good friends with the tournament organizer. His name's Khalil. Um, and he has done so much to support us since our, our start and our humble beginnings. And um, he continues to support us. So um, he allowed us to enter a men's team, a women's team, and a U14 girls team. Um, our men's team was the most successful. They came four of eight. Wow. Our women's team came four of four. Our junior girls hey, team, I'm not that, sure. That, that sounds like the same ranking to me. That sounds good. That's yeah, right. we all came fourth. Yep. <laughs> fourth place. We love it there. Um, no, it was honestly really great. Like, like I said, I had um, especially on the women's team, I was playing alongside two or three graduates of the program. Um, a lot of different people from different reserves came and played with us. Um, and then as well as our, our supporters and our, our allies in this, um, they came and support, played alongside us as well, which is great. Our men's team had a bunch of graduates, a bunch of allies, and a bunch of support from Oshawa. And our U14 girls team was like primarily from Six Nations with a couple added extras. And um, although like the results aren't, aren't the best, um, the the playing results and the experience is something that is always something that we hold on to every athlete, no matter what happens in the game comes off and has like something positive. The first thing they say to you is something positive. Wow. Um, so we have like you 14 girls say like, did you see me make that tackle? Or like I did this. And even the women are doing stuff like that. And the men are having a great time and we're all um, there and able to support one another in a beautiful day of rugby. So there's only so much you can ask for. And um, we gained a lot, a lot of really great experiences from that tournament. Well, you're both sort of in the business of transformation. Do you, do you feel like you're seeing it every day? Like uh, the change in people who, from when they start with you on day one to the time when they're actually in a tournament like this and coming to you and saying, look what I, look what I did, look what I did. Huge, hugely. <laughs> um, we have these girls, especially the young ones. I always, they always go into this tournament thinking I can't do this. I don't, I'm too scared. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm too confused. Um, and like I said, the first thing they say when they come off the field is something positive. Um, unfortunately with the way our schedule is matched up, I only got to watch one of their games. Oh. Um, so they were able to fill me in at the end of the day of all of the great things that they did and show me all their bruises and tell me about <laughs> their sweet tacos they made. Um, but the transformation from day one to honestly, every week we see them, there's always something new. Um, they're learning new skills constantly. They're figuring things out. Um, and this tournament was just a really big um, way to show it to not only us, but to show it to them as well. Well, Mel, what has been your biggest challenge? Maybe not personally, but organizationally, what has been the, the biggest sort of hurdle that Iroquois Roots Rugby has had to overcome? Is it logistics? Is it the resistance in the community? Is it individuals who didn't quite understand what you're trying to do? You know, what's been the biggest challenge for you? Well, our biggest challenge is always funding, which we've never had. Um, until now, um, we just last week, um, people from the Canadian Tire Jumpstart program reached out to us. Um, they had been following us on social media and I had looked into their program before, but I felt like we weren't eligible because we're grassroots organization. We're not a, we're not a charitable organization. So I, I didn't think we met eligibility um, and I, I don't think we really do, but they made an exception for us because they've been following us, they said for about a year and they just love our social media and they love what we're doing. Um, so they had Megan and I quickly make uh, a wish list 
for our program. Um, things oh. that things that they were they were kind of like if you had a genie in a bottle and you didn't have you know any limitations, what would you want for your program that would help you so much? So so for the equipment wise, obviously Megan Megan made out that list and we were kind of um, like, oh no, that's that's a big ask kind of thing. And and I said, well, for the organization itself, I would love if I could get storage out of my home <laughs> and into a, a, some type of storage storage unit. And well, I have a three acre lot here. So I said, they said, well, how can we do that? Do you want to like rent an office? Or I said, honestly, if we could get a building, a little building, it doesn't have to be big outside where I can put all of our equipment, all of our merchandise, everything like that, that would be amazing. And they said, yes. So wow. I'll be getting a, a little office slash storage area. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So they've been absolutely amazing. Um, and we're so excited to work with them and they're just so excited to, to see where we can go with all of our new equipment. Well, it's been about five years and what do you think is in store in the next five years? It, to be fair, the, the last five years also had COVID and uh, ostensibly, hopefully that won't be the case in the next five. So you have room to be even bigger, even better. Where do you see your organization five years from now? Megan has a big smile. Oh so God. I'm going to go to her. God. I, <laughs> I honestly, like, I can't even believe how far we've come in this five years. So to even picture what the next five years could look like is just beyond my imagination I think um hopefully we'll be doing some like international indigenous stuff um I would love to do much more in our province and in our in our nation um and hopefully by the end of the five years we'll be doing some international indigenous stuff and meeting with different indigenous people across the world well people who are like me who are just sort of encountering you and discovering this this idea and the, this amazing thing that you're working on what is the best thing that somebody like me can do to support you like I, I've, I've got some of the merch already <laughs> there's, a, there's a I'm wearing the shirt now there's a scrunchie upstairs um, what else can we do is it, is it the profile on social media is it following you and what what's the best way somebody can get behind you I think the best way is uh, absolutely social media has the power to, to reach the entire world. People like Lee and Josh from Blood and Mud found us. So the more you share out our stuff, um, the more the right people, like the Canadian Tire Jumpstart people, um, discover us. Um, so yeah, the, I think that's a great way continue to buy our merch online. We love, we love getting a no notification. Someone in Japan has just bought a t-shirt and a scrunchie or anything <laughs> like that. We love that. Um, we're also, Megan and I are supposed to be speaking this year in November at the IWG Women in Sport World Conference in oh, New wow. Zealand. Um, so we'll be doing a little bit of uh, fundraising efforts just to get us there. I mean, mm. we're, we're in Canada. We're supposed to be going to New Zealand. Um, we really want to make it there. Just um, we want to promote what we're doing. And if somebody, some other Indigenous person in another country um, was thinking about starting something like this, we want to offer encouragement. Or okay. My apologies to the listeners. Uh, we had a, a technical glitch there and, and got kicked off, but we're back. And um, Mel was in the middle of telling us about this potential trip to New Zealand. Um, what is it you've been asked to go down there and speak about? And um, have you already put a link on your website so, so people could potentially support you? Is it going to be a GoFundMe? How are you going to get the funds it takes to get there? You obviously can't just drive. <laughs> no, not this time. If we could, we would. Um, yeah, I guess we, we will be doing some kind of um, crowdfunding, probably a GoFundMe. Um, but our first and foremost this year was to get funding for our kids. So I wasn't going to take away from anything that would have taken away from them and their experience this year. So now that um, now that we're underway with that, I think it's finally a good time for us to start uh, fundraising for us to get down there. So it's the IWG Women in Sport World Conference in New Zealand. Um, 
I think it's it's coming. It's near the end of the World Cup happening there. Okay. I think it's at the tail end of that. Um, so they just um, we're just going to be speaking about um, our program basically and just the challenges and how we've done it and how we got it up and running and stuff like that. Do you see a connection, uh, you know, between what you're doing here and some of the grassroots organizations in New Zealand who are working with the, the Maori and the other, you know, the, the natives who are there? Do you feel like you have lessons that you can bring to them that will help and probably vice versa? I'm guessing you'll learn as well as you're teaching while you're there. Yeah, um, we were fortunate before we started our program, we were fortunate to meet with the Maori um, rugby development manager. Wow. Tiki Edwards. He was here in Vancouver for um, the Maori All Blacks were playing Team Canada. This is an exhibition. Yep. Um, so I, I randomly reached out to him, told him what we were planning on doing, and he said, come and see me. So we're like, oh my God. So we went and he did meet with us for two days and he just um, explained all about how they run their program, um, how culture is embedded into their program first mm. and foremost. Um, we had, uh, we found a lot of similarities between our cultures, which was like a light bulb moment. Um, and we did, we really did um, mold our our program off of their program so yes there's there's a ton of similarity and obviously they're they're way ahead of what we're doing there in New Zealand well, um so yeah it's always going to be a learning experience for sure so, Megan the the day your mom came home and said by the way I just quit my job and uh I'm trying to decide what to do next did you think that five <laughs> years from that moment you'd be planning a trip to New Zealand to talk at a conference about women's sport and uh and connecting with people at that level not even in the slightest. Um, just kind of going off of what she said, it, it's really interesting to me, especially someone who plays rugby, watches a lot of rugby um, and is indigenous, how they've taken this sport that isn't, wasn't created by them, wasn't made for people like them um, and just have made it their own. And now when you think rugby, you think New Zealand, you don't think some boys in England that were messing yeah. around, right? So um, <laughs> I think that's the coolest thing. And I'm really excited to just kind of be immersed in um, not only the indigenous culture in New Zealand, but the rugby culture in New Zealand and how mm. those kind of correlate. Um, but yeah, if you asked me five years ago, if I was going to be speaking at a conference for women and girls in sport in New Zealand, I would tell you, you're right. <laughs> <There's no way. laughs> Well, I, I already asked, you know, what's been the biggest challenge for you so far, which means the flip side of that coin, I have to ask, and you've kind of hinted at some of the great moments you've already had, some of the profoundly sort of satisfying moments where you see somebody evolving and changing and becoming a greater person in front of you. Um, do either of you have like a moment that just says, yes, this is the thing that makes all of this worthwhile, that makes the challenges worthwhile, that makes the time spent on the road, the time in the rain and with no funding and no facilities. You're obviously still doing it after a long, long period. Um, what, are, what is one thing that you both sort of hang on to and you always think when things get hard, I've, I've still got that? Oh, well Taking it back to when we met with Tiki, um, he kind of foreshadowed um, one of the challenges that we might have and said, as long as one child shows up to, to training, just train the hell out of that kid because he wants to be there. And I think if we didn't have that always in the back of our minds, when mm. we did show up with two and three girls, it, it was, I saw on Megan's face how hard it was for her to try and try and run training with that little amount of people mm. um, so my husband and I would join in too just to get numbers up and yeah yeah get them doing stuff so luckily Tiki instilled that those words early on into us otherwise we may not have continued by the way, uh, Tiki is the first name and you, you already said the last name, but I want to hear it again just so I can make sure I can uh, sort of seek this person out as well. <laughs> Tiki Edwards. Okay, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. 
Megan, do you have one of those sort of hang your hat moments? Um, it's so hard to narrow it down to one. Um, I look back at our first time going to Great North Sevens, which would have been our first tournament. And I think that that was like one of the coolest experiences for myself as a coach, but also for the youth that were playing for our program. Um, everywhere we went, everyone kind of like stopped and said like, you guys are here with Roots. We love Roots. We've been following you guys. Wow. Um, so like just knowing, just for the kids specifically, um, they were like little celebrities and everyone kind of knew not them, but who they were playing for. Um, and just like having that experience of that was my first team that I ever fully coached by myself. Um, so having those girls come off and having their own light ball moments about rugby mm. and having a lot of them still stick with it. Like I said, I'm playing with three graduates of the, the junior program alongside um, myself on the women's team. Um, and so just having that transition there, um, yeah, it's hard to narrow it down to one because it's so continuous with our program. Um, my one hang my hat moment is still going on. So, um, I yeah. love that. That's a great answer. I love <laughs> that. Well, I know you're both incredibly busy. I very much appreciate your taking out just a small amount of time to talk to us here today. Um, I just want to make sure that everyone who's listening knows all they can do to help. Um, uh, obviously you're on Twitter. Um, you're pretty active on Facebook. Where else can people find you? Um, I'm guessing you're on Instagram. I just haven't, I'm terrible at Instagram, so I, I never check, but I was, where else can people find you and where can they find things to support you? So definitely we have, like you said, our website is www.rootsrugby.org. Um, there, there's a, we have an online shop. So if you want to click on online shop through our website, you can go through and pick some items just to support us, um, display us, get our, get our name out there. Um, there's also just a donate button there mm. um, through our online shop. If you just want to donate to our program, every single cent goes into our program. I've never gotten paid. Megan's never gotten paid for what we do. Um, we find a million ways to stretch $1 so far. Like, wouldn't believe. Um, I do all of our t-shirt designing and printing. Did you design the logo? Because yeah, no, not the logo. We had a hand in designing the logo, but okay. we had because from it our is reserve. excellent. People who don't even know what rugby is, <laughs> yeah. I, I wear the shirt I'm wearing right now, and people stop me and are like, "What is that? That is so cool! It's so grabbing! It's fantastic!" <laughs> There's just so much symbolism within that that one image that it's insane. Um, but no, we do all of our designing of our t-shirts and our, all of our merch. And I print it in-house just to kind of cut out the middleman. Um, like when we first started, I purchased all of the shirts to print. So um, a lot of my own money goes into the program. So if somebody even donates $10 or $20, it 100% goes into our program. You mentioned me slicing oranges. That's an actual thing that I do every week. <laughs> On Sunday, I slice the oranges and get all the fruit ready um, for our mini program because I'm pretty sure that's one of their favorite parts of mini rugby <laughs> is the snacks after. Because and and I try to I try to outdo myself every week, but uh, soon I'm going to run out of ideas. But no, definitely uh, you can donate there. Um, we have a a GoFundMe um, that's always up and running um i think we said we set it each year for five thousand. i don't think we ever met that but um like i said every dollar helps there um yeah just sharing what we're doing with all your friends and family and your colleagues um because like i said some sometimes like one of the good people like the jumpstart people is going to catch on to it and start following us and we're going to end up with some amazing um funding so well, I don't, I don't have a gigantic legion of listeners, but the listeners I do have are <laughs> incredible. They reach out and I've, I've gotten to know some of them a little bit and they're amazing okay. people. They're very generous and kind. And I'm hoping some of them listening right now will think that is a great idea. Finally, something worthwhile to support. Hope so. <laughs> well, Melanie and Megan, 
I cannot thank you enough for agreeing to, agreeing to join me here today. It's been my honor. I can't wait to see what happens with the organization over the next several years. I'm convinced it's just going to grow and grow and grow. I, I, I think if you can make it to that conference in New Zealand, just word of mouth from there alone, that, that's going to be a spark that, that's going to spread, I, I think. That's, that's an incredible chance to sort of connect two sides of the globe in a way. That, that's just an amazing opportunity. I can't wait for that. Us too. <laughs> thank you so much for having us. <laughs> Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. Uh, thank you for joining me. Is there anything else that I missed? Is there something that you were like, gosh, why hasn't he asked about this thing yet? Is there, you know, oh. something that I just kind of brushed over that you were dying to talk about? Um, no, the only other thing I like to add when whenever I talk about our program is sure. the um, cultural workshops that we also offer. Ah, yes, um, I didn't touch so, on that at all. So if a community wants to book a camp or a youth group wants to book a camp, um, we can even do it via Zoom. It's not as easy, but that's what we did throughout COVID. Um, so we all offer different um, Indigenous arts workshops. Um, we make, you know, mini moccasins or we make pottery. Um, also, we sometimes do um, a traditional Iroquois games workshop where we play oh, wow. all of all of our thousand year old games um, that our children used to play a thousand years ago that we're still playing today. Um, so like, that's just another like, important like, piece. like lacrosse. Yeah, lacrosse. <laughs> lacrosse is our game. It, um, yeah, it was a gift from our creator. Um, it's no. It's known as a medicine game. It's not known as a sport to us. Uh, Is that right? Although it's been turned into a sport. Yeah, absolutely. So um, even in, within our creation story, they talk about playing lacrosse um, because it, it is a medic, medicine game. And still to this day in our communities, um, you'll see medicine games played if somebody's sick or if somebody's, you know, um, maybe even depressed or something going on like that they'll play a game of lacrosse for them to lift their spirits wow um, so it, it is a very 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 important game to us within our communities um so yeah well yeah, I definitely feel, lacrosse is I, I feel like an absolute dunderhead for trying to make light of it just there that, that's that's oh, that's no. incredible that's incredibly profound do you, um over time have you sort of is rugby a, a medicine game for you now? Do you feel like it's got that sort of same place in your heart? A hundred percent it does. Um, I always speak with our with one of our mentors. He's a 93-year-old chief who is the founder of the Iroquois Nationals Lacrosse Program. Wow. Um, and they're trying to get into the next Olympics um, because lacrosse will be in the next California Olympics. Wow. Um, so he's been having uh, a lot of challenges and struggles because to get into the Olympics, I think the UN has to recognize you as a nation onto your own, which we are, um, but that hasn't happened yet. So, so I often speak to him about what we're doing with rugby. Um, and he, he is just so passionate about what we're doing and gives us so much encouragement. And I call him all the time and he answers the phone um so yeah I 100% do feel like that medicine our sorry rugby is also a medicine game um just for it it lifts our spirits and it lifts the spirits of the players that are playing it so for both the player and the watcher it lifts your spirit so I 100% call it a medicine game as well wow Megan did you have anything to add on that or you're just gonna I'm just sitting here nodding like, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> um, rugby's always been there for me. And like I said, it's been a big part of my identity for 11 years now. Um, so yeah, it's becoming a different kind of medicine for me. Like I said, I'm not playing as high level and competitive as I once was, um, but being able to provide that kind of um, medicine or um, like coping skill or mechanism for someone else. Um, that's what's really important to me. So um, yeah, 100%, everything she said is absolutely spot on. Wow. So, you know, 
going into this interview, I thought I have a pretty good idea of just how incredible this work is and how incredible these women are. No, no, I, I deeply underestimated how incredible you are, how powerful the work you're doing is. I, I, I couldn't be happier for you to join us here today. I really hope that I can do my tiny little part to spread the word. It's obviously already growing. Uh, there's, there's no stopping it once it gets momentum. I think you have momentum. I think it's just gonna continue to grow and become better, more powerful for more people. Um, thank you for, for starting this and, and for being changers in a world that you know could use a lot of healing, I think. Absolutely. Um, it provides me so much satisfaction just to um, see even even our U6s the other day out there, Megan sharing her favorite warm up games with them and, and then playing it. It just like fills your heart and then some. So, yeah, that is incredible. Uh, I'm feeling <laughs> overwhelmed at the moment. That was just amazing. <laughs> Thank you again so much. I, I've gone over the time you told me you had. Um, I very much appreciate the time and the conversation and the insights. Um, I feel like I'm walking away from this computer a better person, which isn't something that usually happens when I'm <laughs> leaving my computer screen. <laughs> well, we thank you so much for having us on. It was awesome. And I hope you continue to grow as well. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm very close to ending my first year. And uh, amazing. Every now and then you, I mean, it's not even close to what you're doing, but every now and then you feel like, well, is it worth it? Does anyone care? This is hard. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of time. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I, it, it's worth it. I'm just going to keep doing it. If you have one listener out there, just keep doing it. I'm going to take that Honestly. lesson. I, I swear to God, this yeah. idea from, from Tiki, if, if one person yeah. shows up, because some weeks it yeah. feels like that. So, uh, but that, that means a lot. I'm going to, I'm going to use that as my watchword as well. That's fantastic. Yes, definitely. Well, I wish you an incredible week. I wish you all the success in the world. Um, maybe, you know, at some point, a few months down the road, well, let's check in again, see how things have gone. Yeah. Uh, if you make it to New Zealand, I've got to hear about that. I really want to share that story too with my listeners. That should be incredible. Yeah, 100%. We'd love to come back. Well, thank you both so much. I will talk to you very soon and uh, be well. I, I'm just so appreciative of your time and the great work you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Well, my friends, I hope you enjoyed hearing from these incredible women as much as I have. It was an honor and a treat. If you have the wherewithal to support what they're doing in any way at all, I would be hugely proud to know that I've sent at least one more kind soul their way. This is the grassroots of the grassroots, and anything you can do will go a long way. There is no doubt about that. So, as always, thank you all for coming along to all of you across the globe. Cheers. Talk to you soon and be well.